Speaking of Dan, if you do, Dan, if you don't. <laughs> so you're the one who picked Scrooge, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I like have had several people be appalled at me for having never seen it. Really? Yep. Um, That's funny. Like, I, I've only watched it halfway through and never unedited. This is the first time on edit I ever watched it all the way through. And yeah. It was a fucking ride. And um, I really like a Christmas Carol narratives generally. By the way, like just for the record, I do feel like I, I respect the source material. I like the source material. This is not a critique of that. Um, who boy? <laughs> it's so funny. Like looking at the movie, like halfway through, I'm like. This is some shit that I would have picked that cat would have hated. <laughs> Halfway through, my dad looked at me and said, have you enjoyed this for one singular moment? Oh, man. The only thing that brought us joy is when the ghost of Christmas past arrives. My dad went, oh, it's Buster Point Dexter. Jesus. Are you familiar with the song Hot, Hot, Hot? Vaguely. Yeah, that white people song. That's Buster Point Dexter. Jesus Christ. Um, well, let me explain to you a cool thing about Buster Point Dexter, though, because I would much rather talk about Buster Point Dexter at length, real name David Johansson, than I would actual this clusterfuck. Buster Point Dexter, David Johansson, was the lead man of the New York Dolls, which was a band that used to perform in full drag. They were a punk band. They were super cool. Buster Point Dexter is actually, like, making fun of white people music by okay. being very like tongue in cheek about it, but it wound up being very successful. And he then poured that money back into the local punk scene in New York. Nice. Um, I like him even more now. Yeah. And we were both just like, oh, hey, remember him and that like cool, good art he did? <laughs> you mean Scrooged, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. I honestly thought he was the most tolerable part. I love Carol Kane very much. And I found myself <laughs> just like, there you can see little cuts in my palm from how tightly I was clenching my fists during her. Oh, man. She was. You didn't, I, oh, <laughs> you didn't like her. <laughs> I liked oh. watching Bill Murray get hit. Oh, he got the shit kicked out of him. That was great. He kind of deserved it. But also, like, this is going to sound really weird, but, like, when we were, like, an hour and 15 minutes in, so there was, like, a half an hour left, mm -hmm. and he still hadn't done anything likable yet, 
like in most yeah. Christmas Carol narratives, you see Scrooge kind of like struggle, you know, like he's like, if I could go back, I could change what happened with, with the girlfriend or whatever. You know, he has a couple moments like that. And I feel like they tried to do that, but they also tried to make them funny. And as a side effect of that, they lost all their emotional weight and just made Bill Murray look like in- insane. <laughs> Capital Capitalistic 80 cocaine CEO Bill Murray. <laughs> so one of the things that I was talking about uh, last night was the idea that like people who idolized 80s and 90s Bill Murray all grew up to be bad people. <laughs> oh man. And I haven't done like an empirical analysis on this. But like all he does in the first Ghostbusters is be an asshole and harass uh what's her name? Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. That's not the type of people we should be having in our society, I think. <laughs> you have a point, yes. The only one where I feel like he really learns his lesson is Groundhog Day, but that's because he's literally banished to hell, basically. And, like, I don't know, call me old-fashioned, but I think, like, the desire to be a better man or a better person should, like, be the reason you change your ways, not literally being banished to hell. But that's fine. There seem to be a lot of people who have decided that since Bill Murray didn't need to change until they were banished, he's banished to hell, they're fine just continuing to do whatever it was they were doing. And, like, I don't like that. (laughs) Especially because it completely discounts, like, late-period Bill Murray. I watched Rushmore for the first time this weekend, and I think that's a prime example of him as, like, burned-out man who was, in this case, like, very similar to his character in Scrooged. (laughs) And it all blew up in his face, and now he's, like, depressed and fucked up. And it's like, Bill Murray has started to play caricatures of Bill Murray characters in a self-aware way, because he understands that what he was doing back then isn't funny in the same way anymore, and it's actually kind of sad that that's, like, what was acceptable and masculine and groovy. I don't necessarily want you to think my love for this movie to reflect the general populace i just love the absolute ridiculousness of this movie like i said i never watched a movie from beginning to end before and when (laughs) the opening scene (laughs) the opening scene was so great the the first scene was the only scene i genuinely loved oh that's that is the one star in my one and a half star review.
Avengers. The six million dollar band. Santa, is there a back way out of this place? Of course there is, Lee. But this is one Santa that's going out the front door. Look, it don't matter a hill of beans what happens to me. The world couldn't afford it if anything happened to you. Now, you stay put. Oh, that's very nice of you, Lee. And Lee, you're being a real good boy this year. Yes, you sure have. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Psycho sees Santa's workshop. Eat this. And only Lee Majors can stop them. The night the reindeer die. And America's best love singer invites you to share a homestyle holiday. When it's Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. Nine o'clock, IBC presents America's favorite family in a special Christmas episode. Hi, Mom. Where's Dad? Should've been home by now. Well, Wally, I know your father is out chasing beaver. Father loves beaver. Here on IBC, you'll love it. Oh man, the I wanted to the, see that movie. I want to see the that half movie. was like, well, the camera was steady when it needed to be. Alfred Woodard was in it. She's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I just man. I like retellings of Christmas Carol. I think that there is some great ways to do them. This one was so fucking unpleasant and joyless. <laughs> I <laughs> the I think the only way you could really enjoy this movie is if you buy into the bombast. And <laughs> it is really all putting. I I will hundred percent admit it's it's extreme. <laughs> I don't Sometimes I don't have a hard time with that. Like, if it's an over-the-top comedy, I'm kind of into it. Yeah. But the issue is that this one is also trying to be a very straight retelling of A Christmas Carol with these, like, weird bombast pockets. <laughs> and and that, for me, is where it started to break down. You either need to commit balls to the wall. Like, Muppet Christmas Carol is a great example where they're like, all right, you know what? Michael, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, not Michael Keaton, um, Michael Caine. Can you please act like you are nominated for an Oscar? Muppets, make that difficult for him. <laughs> and that's a really great balance, right? Where where Michael Michael Caine is having this very straight story, but all of his co-stars are talking socks and they're tr making that actively challenging for him. And that makes it a great like dynamic. Yeah. And this one was like, Bill Murray, you're the dramatic center of our movie. You are, are everything. Also, you are going to get kicked in the nuts repeatedly. You are going to do nothing redeemable until the last 10 minutes of the movie. You are going to scream at a black child until they cry. <laughs> and, and at the end, we're still supposed to be like happy for you. It's Christmas. Supposed to be happy for everybody. Clark, Clark, we got some huge problem this time. There ain't a fuse in the whole joint. Oh, no, there are fuses. I'll show you where they are in just a second, Hazel. The oh. A&P didn't send any turkeys. No. Oh, no. They were supposed to be here hours ago. No, what? Okay, well, I'll, I'll call them in just a second. No, can no. you wait? Could you wait for me? Just, well, they just... can handle this. This isn't a big deal. No. I mean, it's just some fuses. You go down to the hardware store and you buy fuses. Well, what about the turkeys? And the turkeys are at the A&P? Look it up in the phone book. No, no, no. It's under I, A. No, and if you can't find it there, it's under P. I have to call them myself. I'll call them. You don't have to call them. These are big girls, very big girls, and they can do it. 
Had a girl. I'll be right. I'll be right there. I'll no, be... clear. Please fire these people. Fire them. Yeah, you fire them. They're volunteers. They're here out of the kindness of their hearts. They're volunteers because no one will pay them. They are incompetent. It's Christmas Eve. They're like this every day of the year. I guarantee it. Look, if you just just wait one minute, I just got to make the phone call. No, just, don't bother. Don't bother, okay? If, we, if you just wait one minute, let me just finish organizing what I'm doing. I'll come with you, Frank. Take the rest of your life. I'm going to give you some advice, Claire. Scrape them off. You want to save somebody? Save yourself. Oh, well, that's a wonderful attitude to have on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, my I, God. Listen. Bobcat Goldwyn. <laughs> the shotgun was so bad. It was so stupid. <laughs> oh, I, I'll, I'll be honest. At a certain point, I actually think I blacked out because my brain was like, there's too much color and too much noise and too much like shit. Then my brain just went like, we don't need to remember all of this, right? How much of this can we dump and still get away with? <laughs> there have been some over-the-top ridiculous comedies that I have bought into all the way. We've talked about some of them on the show. But huh. what about Christmas themes of that, though? What's a ridiculous Christmas movie that you like? Muppets Christmas Carol is the first one that comes to mind. That's not ridiculous, though. It that's is. A, I would say that's a thoughtful-ass rendition of what Charles I mean, Dickens wanted to do. But also, like, I try to avoid watching movies about miserable white men right near Christmas. I would much prefer a movie about talking socks. And a lot of seminal classic comedies are, like, kind of about shitty people. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, Christmas Vacation. Okay. And I couldn't even get through Vacation because it's just about him hating his wife, his kids, and his life. Oh, that's what made the Vacation movies great. Did you ever see Bad Santa? Uh, by your looking at face and you loved it it's one of two movies i've walked out of <laughs> no it's so fucking funny sweet juice for jesus uh, i'm pissing myself what the fuck you think you're doing you son of a bitch hey 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 come on come on come on come on look hey 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 come on come on look here Get him out of here. I'll go smooth these over with Chapeska. Tell him food poison or something. What do you mean, get him out of here? Take him to the car. In case you hadn't noticed, I'm a motherfucking dwarf. So unless you got a forklift handy, maybe you should lend a hand, hmm? That figures. You want all kind of set aside, special treatment because you're handicapped. You all the same. Special treatment? I'm three foot fucking tall, you asshole. It's a matter of physics. Draw me a sketch of how I get him to the car, huh? Bitch, bitch, bitch. Sketch it up, you fucking moron. Fucking Leonardo da Vinci. What you calling me, Zaha? I called you a fucking guinea homo from the 15th fucking century, you dickhead. I can stick you in my ass, small fry. Yeah? You sure it ain't too sore from last night? You got some lip on you, midget. Well, these lips were on your wife pussy last night. Why don't you dust that thing off once in a while, asshole? Why do you hate Bad Santa? Well, first of all, I was in high school when it came out. I think part of it was just shock. <laughs> like, I was, like, 15, maybe, and very uncomfortable. You have to understand, like, I grew up with pretty, like, strict parents. I was in Sunday school every Sunday until I went to college. 
Oh, okay. My dad was my Sunday school teacher. I was in church choir. Okay. I I had a pretty sheltered upbringing, which probably explains a lot about why I am the way that I am now. But I think a lot of it was just like discomfort. Okay. See, okay. See, now now it all makes sense. The pieces are now falling into place because I have the exact opposite. Well, my dad, when I was living with my dad, I would go to a daycare and the daycare was based out of his church. So for the very early part of my childhood being kind of a part of the church in some kind of way shape uh that was you know kind of a constant and when Mm -hmm. my parents broke up I was in the fourth or fifth grade about the fourth grade and when that happened the only time I would really go to church for the most part is if I would when I would see my dad like sprinkled throughout like the remaining years or whatever Mm -hmm. so for me I don't think I hold Christmas as sacred as it probably should be I view Christmas more along the same lines of Thanksgiving it's just a time of year that I use to spend with people that I love Mm -hmm. and there's traditions obviously some religious some not but for the very most part most of those don't have to do based on anything necessarily serious. And all the times with my family, it's always about kind of us enjoying each other and us having fun. So ridiculousness and Christmas movies, I don't have any kind of problem with as my four and a half star rating indicates. One of the things that I, I think is really interesting though, is that like, in my way, right? One of the ways that I spend quality time with a person I love is like my mom and I watch and make fun of Hallmark movies. Okay. Like we are total cynical assholes about them. And that's something that we enjoy doing together. I'm not against a cynical take on Christmas. My issue is I think just like I rewatched Go and kind of tried to remove the idea that it was a Christmas movie. Yeah. And I actually liked it better. I still didn't like it a lot, but I liked it more kind of yeah. moving it out from that. I think part of the issue with Go when we watched it was that it was very jarring compared to the other movies we were watching in that series. And that difference, I well, think, is yeah. part of was the initial like flinch, for lack of a better term. And I yeah. feel like this movie's edgy comedy bits... We're not balanced by an earnest enough storyline for Christmas Carol, which is just a narrative that I value a lot. Yeah. To me, that dissonance is what I couldn't get my my arms around, really. No, that's that's legit. Like, that's absolutely valid. I would say thoroughly enjoyed the movie, but the earnestness is is severely lacking. Like there's not there's not a moment, even in my enjoying of it. Even the idea of Bill Murray even being redeemed. I mean, I don't have a lot of leeway for cocaine capitalists in the 80s. <laughs> so it's. But if we I, wanted to circle back to another movie about cocaine capitalists in the 80s that I think we both pretty much enjoyed, Trading Places is yeah. a much more earnest story with much more ridiculous shit happening. But like it, it knows where to kick someone in the dick and where to like give the audience a hug and tell them it's going to be okay. Very much so. Yes. And I think that to me, like I'm all for kind of absolute screwball, insane comedies, but like, why am I here? Yeah. There's got to be something. 
And I don't feel that Scrooge's something justified everything else that was with it. And clearly my dad didn't either. Uh, to those of you who are unsure what we're talking about, uh, allow me to read you a, a great selection from my Letterboxd reviews last night. And this may be one of the best reviews you've ever done. Quote, I guess I'll have to take up a new hobby since this has destroyed movies for me. End quote. My dad. So we don't plan when we're going to watch movies, you know, together, obviously, because that would be, well, that wouldn't be weird, but whatever. But <laughs> literally, I, I legit think, what was it, like five minutes after yeah. you made your rating? I put my letterbox review on and <laughs> for my letterbox review. If Dickens was alive in the 80s and did cocaine, I'm sure he I'm sure this wouldn't be his vision of a Christmas story. <laughs> it is a very slanted 80s version of this movie. <laughs> and that's and that's but that's the thing about the 80s though. Like the and I think that's why it works. It works in a way that is not purposeful, like it's unintentional, but that's just kind of what the 80s were. Like this. This kind of blast of ridiculousness, and they try to mask it in a kind of a deeper thing. But <laughs> I just really don't think it, it works. Really it doesn't work as a Christmas Carol adaptation. My overarching problem with it is that it doesn't land as a Christmas Carol adaptation. The fact that Hallmark made a better adaptation of a Christmas Carol with Carrie Fisher called It's Christmas Carol that is more ridiculous more over the top and by the way carrie fisher is in it for probably like a ninth of the budget of this movie is equal parts hysterical and distressing to me i mean it's it's one is carrie fisher so that's the goddess so but no like no so there's there's gonna be a lot of better movies than this for to celebrate christmas like i would definitely say do not watch this to get in the christmas spirit No, and honestly, like, I've been really struggling to get in the Christmas spirit this year. And yeah. I finished this last night and I was like, what's the point? Like, every <laughs> everything sucks. Oh, like, man. fuck it. Christmas doesn't matter. Life doesn't matter. Santa's not real. I mean, he's real in a heart's cat, so he's very much real, yes. <laughs> I swear... It's so wild that you picked this movie and I did not pick this movie. That is, that's the wildest part of this whole thing. Also, in the future, mob of white men. If you come to me appalled that I haven't seen a movie, just go kick yourself in the nuts. I'm over it. We're not doing this. Yeah. So, <laughs> Scrooge is in a movie that, this is not one of those movies to be like, oh, you never seen The Godfather? It's not one of those type of movies. It's, it's really not, no. man. It's really hard. no and and the more that i think about how many people were like upset i haven't seen it the more upset i get well, yeah. i liked carol kane's dress i still she was really awesome. like i love her I, there's anyone that was earnest in that movie she may be the only person the weird runner they had about him looking like he had been going insane in like public yeah like that to me first of all it's not like funny it kind of implies like a big like on the verge of a nervous breakdown about to have a psychological break energy which like i do feel like with modern eyes is a little bit hard to like sit idly by while that happens but also it's kind of funny the first time but by like the third or fourth time it happens within five minutes i was kind of getting a headache from all the shouting 
a lot of the timing felt a little off where they'd a bunch, a bunch of stuff together and then not ever do that runner again. Um, Understandable. It would be one thing if, if he kept coming to in these weird ways, but like it happens a bunch in a short amount of time and then maybe once again, but not really. And it just, it doesn't land right for me. So I think if it was maybe also just a little more the different types of insanity that were happening were shuffled together a little bit better, it might land a little better. There's movies that I selected that, you know, RoboCop that I love, that a lot of people love, that are kind of classics. This definitely does not fall into that category. Like, like you give it in a one and a half. You know, the funny thing is it's, it's sort of like Showgirls. If you hate it, I can understand why. And if you love it, I can understand why also. But there's a big difference between showgirls. There is a level of earnestness that maybe is not 100% achieved, but in certain pockets of it that you can actually see is there. But for Scrooge, like, it's, it's really not there. Like, it's so surface level that it, there's no real depth to it. <laughs> that first scene that first scene was really great it I was, was i was so and confused that's the thing that like frustrated me also was that i was like okay i saw you do good <laughs> so yeah. i was just waiting for them to do good again and it never came never came never came richard if, donna if totally a- stole that from paul verhoeven too Hey, what's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, The Godfather here. Special shout out to B. Hyphen and Handsome Bane for the WrestleCast Power Hour. And it's available everywhere, podcasts or streams. So everybody check them out. You know The Godfather will. And it's time once again for everybody at the Hyphen Podcast Group to come aboard the whole train. So this was a movie that you picked basically because it just sounds like you were told your whole life this is something you have to watch. But what about uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer special? Was it something that you kind of grew up on for your whole life? Yeah, I mean, it's always been on. And you, I think it's no secret at this point that I'm, I am an advocate for animation. And this is, is animation. <laughs> it's it puppets. Is. And I think that the iconography of it is so central to Christmas in a lot of ways, like American Christmas. Yeah. In my neighborhood alone, there are six people who have variations on the bumble in their yard. Okay. <laughs> so like, it's it's very Christmas. And I, I think in a lot of ways it's aged exceedingly well and in a lot of ways it hasn't. And I wanted to take like a quick opportunity to just examine that a little bit. Because I think yeah. as we grow and change, we do have to like address the media we grew up on and how it shaped us, first of all, but also what is our responsibility when introducing it to other people? And I yeah. do think that's something we've talked about before on the show. Absolutely. Like even in our first episode, our, our Temple of Doom kind of breakdown, mm-hmm. we, we covered that a little bit. And I think that's something that's you know worth addressing, especially this time of year. Uh, when maybe we're seeing our racist aunts or cousins or whatever 
<laughs> can, I, can I just say, I'm so grateful that I have, like, a very cool family that's very into, like, lifelong <laughs> learning and being good people. Because I hear horror stories every year. Yeah. Um, and I somehow don't have any. Well, that's very good. That is very good. So, like I said, like, my family is, when we get together, it's always about, like, the fun. So, for my entire life, there hasn't been, like, more than one event to where we got together and there was drama. So, we don't have, like, any of that kind of wild shit. So, yeah, very lucky in our respect. But also, just on a very, like, basic level, like, I've got a, I've got a nephew now. And he's, like, almost two. He'll be two in May. And, like, this is something he's going to grow up watching because it's so much part of the Christmas, like, infrastructure. But thinking about how you would talk about this with a kid now was kind of prompted my idea here. Did you grow up watching this at all? I know it's, like, always on, like, CBS or whatever, but... You know, the funny thing is I was going to say, like, I actually didn't grow up watching this. I only remember really bits and pieces of it. I think... I probably grew out of it super quickly because my typical viewing for Christmas growing up was around the time I hit middle school, I basically just threw on a Christmas story and just let that play for like the entire day when I wasn't playing like the new Nintendo 64 I got or the new PlayStation 2 that I got or when I wasn't then like visiting family and stuff. So I think I've aged out of it pretty quickly. I think about 80% of it ages okay. Yeah. I don't know if you caught on to any of the, the gender politics. Uh, <laughs> there was a couple of politics I picked up on, but can't, can't, <laughs> there was like <laughs> Rudolph just passing. <laughs> It was so strange, but what what kind of gender policies you picked up on? So I don't know if you noticed that the men, the dad at one point, like says to the mom and Clarice, like, no, you can't go look for your son. This is a man's job. And Santa's like, yeah, it is. Yes, yeah, I, I did pick up on that. Yes. So and and also like Mrs. Claus has a very diminished role. You know, the fact that the elves are sectioned off by gender and the male elves look different, like they have diversity in their puppets and the female elves do not. All of the female elves are identical and at least some of the male elves have like glasses and different like body types and stuff. And that yeah. is not the case for any of the female ones at all. It does, like, create this really weird landscape for the women. And it really stuck out to me this time, especially because, really, Clarice is the reason there's a movie. <laughs> all right, all right now, Yannings, back to practice. Oh, no, not you. You better go home with your folks. From now on, gang, we won't let Rudolph join in any reindeer games, right? Right, right, right. Well, what do you want? You... you promised to walk me home. Aren't you gonna laugh at my nose, too? I think it's a handsome nose. Much better than that silly false one you were wearing. It's terrible. 
It's different from everybody else's. But that's what makes it so grand. Why, Annie Doe would consider herself lucky to be with you. Yeah? But I wasn't very lucky today, was I? I wish... I... I wish... I... There's always tomorrow For dreams to come true Believe in your dreams Come what may There's always... Rudolph feels accepted by her and tries to open up to other people because of that acceptance and they're rejected and she tries to find them because she cares about him. Like, she's really the emotional centerpiece of this movie in a lot of ways. And then as soon as the opportunity for her to actually do something actionable arrives, her, like, friend's dad is like, oh, but you're a broad, see? Like, broads don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That has not been cut from any TV broadcasts. That doesn't have one of those Disney Plus, like, this was an outdated depiction, it was wrong then, and it's wrong now. Like, message, nothing. <laughs> like, we're just all super fine with that. Yeah. And then the fact that all the female elves look the same, like, it really shows that in the creator's mind here, women are like below. Yeah. They quite literally all look the same to the men who made this special. Yeah. And like, that's a little gross. <laughs> I was saying that's a lot. That's a lot of gross, yeah. Because like, There's Always Tomorrow is such a beautiful song. Maurice? Papa. You get back to your cave this instant. But I, I... This instant, young lady. First of all, I do think the music in this special is very good. I think it really holds up. I think, you know, it's simplistic and 50s, 60s-ish in, you know, its way. <laughs> but a lot of Christmas songs are. So, like, I can't really fault it for doing its genre well. Yeah. But, like, I would audition for a musical with There's Always Tomorrow. <laughs> Like, it's, it's like a surprisingly, like, mature song for the special. Is that your favorite Christmas song? No. It's definitely, like, up there. But I think my, my two favorites, my very earnest favorite is It Feels Like Christmas from A Muppet Christmas Carol. Because I think that song really accurately encapsulates the feeling that you and I both have about Christmas, about spending time with our loved ones, and that Christmas could be any day or any time as long as we have that love yeah and i think that's really powerful especially for people who don't necessarily have family or a tree or believe in santa or whatever the idea that christmas is more about the people that you choose to spend it with and and less about like the christmas stuff uh, i think is very important and good and also you know it makes me cry a little bit (laughs) my uh other favorite is uh christmas time don't let the bells end by the darkness the uh British rock band that did I Believe in a Thing Called Love because I think it really accurately encapsulates the stress and joy of the season and how those two things can intermingle with an honorable mention because this isn't exactly a Christmas song uh, but like kind of is to pass it on by uh, from Fraggle the Fraggle section of A Muppet Family Christmas uh, (laughs) because the idea that like the point of giving gifts is to give love and not necessarily stuff is is really important and, and good and valuable as well. 
And like, to me, as I have gotten older, my idea of a, a good present is someone saw something and thought of me, isn't that special? And not someone spent money or got me the newest thing. Yeah. You know, so it's a balance. And I, I think that those things are special and those are kind of why those are, I think, my favorite. But this one is definitely like, I have found myself humming that song before job interviews. <laughs> I'm being very serious though, because like, it's such a small, unassuming song about how it's never too late. Just like wedged in the middle of a Christmas special. Yeah, what beats that? It's kind of hard to, you know? <laughs> and I think I think that's part of what I still lands about this special is because a lot of the humor, with the exception of, I would say, the, the jokes at the expense of women, there aren't a lot of other, I will say, uh, retro hallmarks of comedy. <laughs> I didn't see, and I kind of had my, my, like, I was really kind of nitpicking through with a fine-tooth comb here. I didn't really find anything racist. I didn't really find anything homophobic. Homophobic? No, <laughs> no, definitely not. It was a bit off-putting to see a big, burly, white guy with a revolver. <laughs> yeah, that's that was kind of strange, and it's and it's so funny because I'm someone who grew up like in the '80s and '90s when guns, <laughs> guns and cartoons were not a big deal at all. Mm -hmm. But being so far removed from that, looking at it, you know, I'm 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 an adult now, so looking at it kind of now, it is kind of strange, like. This guy's a fucking six shooter for no fucking reason. Like, like, what's this about? So, and I'm just actually the funny thing is in the movie, if he could have just blamed the fucking, you know, abominable snow monster or whatever, and that would have made a lot of logical sense. But then you can't really have him using a fucking pistol in a Christmas story. <laughs> that would have been fucking wild. I mean, isn't the gun a central plot point in a Christmas story? Oh no. You'll shoot your eye out? My mother must have gotten the Miss Shields. There could be no other explanation. You'll shoot your eye out! You'll shoot your eye out! there no end to this conspiracy of irrational prejudice against Red Rider and his peacemaker? I mean, well, touche. Yeah, <laughs> not, no. Not claymation, you, though. <laughs> but also, like, the ballad of, like, like, Davy Crockett's television show was the thing at the time, and every week he solved his problems with guns. Like, I do think there's something to uh, kind of putting on a pedestal the adult adventure man with gun and this just happens to be the the quite literal arctic tundra gi joe um, imagine getting blammed in claymation that would have been fucking wild uh, i don't wild. know if you've seen the mad tv uh rudolph special that is uh Oh wow! I haven't Matt, thought about that it, in years. Yeah, Greg made me watch it this weekend, and I was like, well, "We had to get you. We had to put you in nothing but positive Christmas movies from now on." From I now just on. feel like this time of year is hard enough without like Bill Murray not learning his lesson, but learning enough of it to get a hot girlfriend back. I think you and Bob Cagola should like never interact in any way, shape, or form as long as you live. 
And he's a thing of the 80s. I have no clue why. He's in the Hercules movie, though. Shit, I forgot that. Is he like the little, little pig guy or whatever? Yeah, he's Panic. Okay. But even still, okay, he can do cartoon movies and that's yeah. in the 90s and that's it. That but is like, so it. I do think Rudolph has aged really well in a lot of ways. I think it has aged a little less well in some other ones. I think the music and the character design in a lot of ways is this the strongest suit here. Yeah. I found myself really longing for... I'm really big on practical animation and effects and it was not cheesy at all. Like it was great. The claymation and this, I, I really adored it. I know we watched last year. Um, we watch, what was the one? I forget the name that was like all CGI basically actually it was two that we watched all CGI. Wasn't it? Klaus. I feel like we watched. Yeah. Klaus. Klaus. Yeah. Klaus. And Jingle Jangle had a lot of, it's good. I like it, but it had a lot of CGI. Yeah. CGI. So yeah. So with Jingle Jangle and Klaus, like those, because it wasn't super practical, it was kind of like I have an appreciation for it. But there is just something about even <laughs> going back to RoboCop, <laughs> just even even that kind of being practical for the very most part, and some of the stop the stop motion and that like that yeah. that shit that i grew up on so I, I would always have like an appreciation for it people have such an affection for the year without santa claus which is the special that heat miser and snow miser are from and like i don't think i realized like i knew it was like a classic right you know like in quotes like i don't think i realized quite how deep people's love for it went <laughs> to the point where I have seen people recreate the stop motion themselves. Wow. Like in different costumes. And I think that there is something just so endearing about it. And since so many of these specials are holiday themed, it's okay if your holiday is a little like jerky and homemade looking. <laughs> yeah, it's the spirit and the thought that really, really counts. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that these these family of specials, but also like the Peanuts special to some extent as well, because that animation is not the smoothest, yeah. embodies that as well. That it's it's about the spirit and it's about the heart. It's not yeah. necessarily about the polish. Yeah, definitely. was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind, I want you to be free.
This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?